Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you again this week. And if you're new to the show, a big welcome. If you haven't already caught on, I'm on maternity leave right now. I remember always getting frustrated when I came across a coach or some sort of writer or personal development teacher. And I always found them during maternity leave and I'd be like, come back, come back. So I totally feel that if that is you, but I do have enough episodes to last me through January, which is about ish how long I'm planning to take maternity leave. However, at the time of this recording, I am recording before baby is here. So, you know, trying to not totally plan everything out because who really knows? However, I am tentatively planning to come back into my business full time sometime January, um, maybe at the latest early February. So if you are interested in working together, I will be taking on new clients super soon. So head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching where you can learn a little bit more. And that's also the place you can sign up for an introductory call so that we can have that in January. I anticipate having quite a backlog of folks who will want to get onto my calendar. So if you think you might be interested in working together in early 2021, definitely recommend getting that call scheduled onto my calendar. It's no obligation to work with me. It's literally an introductory call so that we can see if, you know, working together is the next right step for you. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. 
All right, I have a really good episode for you today and one that I can personally relate to. I remember very well from when I was dating before I met Stevie. So you know when you're dating someone and you feel excited about them and you're going on maybe date one, date two, date three, and it's really great. It's really fun, except that the anxiety is just killing you. The anxiety meaning like when you're waiting for the person to text you back or the anxiety when you don't have set plans, you know, for another date in the future. And you just want something to hold on to, something to ground yourself in so that you know that at least you think that there's interest and that they want to continue getting to know you and date you as well. I can completely relate to this. I remember just having the anxiety just really take me over sometimes. You know, when I talk about some of my dating stories, I even refer to like my emotion du jour (laughs) as to whether or not, you know, the person texted me back or if we had set plans in the future. And that is just a really crappy way to date. I mean, it's just, yes, you want to be feeling excited because if you're not, well, that's a whole other story. Uh, At the same time, for a new relationship to just totally take over your emotions from day to day. It's really the worst. And you definitely don't have to date like that. So if you can relate, then um, you're going to love this call. I walk my caller Miriam through some steps to manage the anxiety that she's feeling. Because while you may want to zone out, numb out, distract yourself, ultimately, that's not really going to work in the long run. So Without further ado, let's jump into my coaching conversation with Miriam. So hopefully you can also get some good tips on how to deal with the anxiety in early dating. Hi, Miriam. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Hi, Veronica. Uh, Thanks for having me. And I'm here uh, as I've been recently starting to date someone and I had a question for you. Sure. What's your question? So yeah, my question is, how do you navigate early stages of dating with the anxiety that sometimes comes up. Okay. Tell me about the anxiety that you're feeling. Yeah, obviously when it um, goes well, I don't have any anxiety, but obviously in between like visits or in between receiving text messages or phone calls, sometimes I feel a bit of anxiety, especially if I'm waiting to hear a response regarding, you know, an outcome or if we're setting up a date, that's when I would get the most anxiety. Mm-hmm. And what does the anxiety feel like? What happens? What do you tell yourself? All that kind of stuff. I tell myself I'm okay. So let me, let me reframe the question. Not like, how do you try to soothe yourself? Like, what's the story? Where does your mind go? What exactly do you worry about? That type of stuff. Right. So I worry that um, he won't respond or I won't get the result that I'm looking for, or I get ignored, I guess. That would be typically what causes the anxiety. Mm-hmm. And if any of that were to come true, that he ghosts you or you don't get the result that you want, what would that mean? It would be disappointing. Um, let me see if I, I like this particular person. I get my hopes up a little bit and uh, I'd be looking forward to hearing from that person or seeing that person. So I would get disappointed or a little bit put down, a little bit sad. I don't get the results that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think all of that is, would be quite normal. Uh, what I'm trying to get at is what part of the anxiety that you feel is just normal, like, ooh, is he going to text me back? Or, ooh, does he like me? Or we can have another date or whatever. But again, is normal. We're not trying to like make you not feel any emotion. So it's like, 
I don't care if he texts me back. And then like, you're more of like a robot, like that's not the goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we're trying to figure out like, what is just kind of normal, just anxiety slash excitement versus what is the inner child or the old wounds or the deep fears, the old stories, limiting beliefs, that kind of stuff that comes up and then just feeds into the situation, making it a lot worse than it needs to be. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yes. I think I get that. Um, I think for me, I guess it's wound that I'm not chosen that a guy won't pick me as I'm still dating and the guy hasn't picked me to be their long-term partner. So I guess because I haven't had success, that kind of reinforces it, but also just, you know, the room that, oh, maybe he won't pick me. The people always pick someone else, but not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what does that wound come from? Not being picked. Yeah, I think I was, um, like, as a child, I didn't make friends very easily. So um, for, like, playing sports or having many friends, I wasn't usually picked to be on their team or picked to go to their birthday party. Um, I have lots of friends now, um, but just as a child, I had a hard time fitting in as I moved to a different country and not to learn a foreign language. And I was just like an outsider and had a hard time fitting in. Yeah. And so I know even obviously you've been doing work together in the incubator. So when that comes up, what are the tools that you use? Well, I know I'm supposed to be reparenting myself. <laughs> so like that's almost like a love yourself. Like, okay, that's like a big idea. What does it actually mean? So what does it look like? Yeah. So letting me know that I'll be okay either way. Um, if he chooses me or not, I'll still be myself. I'll still be enough and uh, I'll still be worthy of love. But yeah, I think it's just kind of telling myself that over and over again um, from most of the years of finding that I wasn't enough or I wasn't picked or chosen. Mm -hmm. And on a scale of one to 10, how well do you think that kind of self-talk slash reparenting works for you? Be honest. Be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I struggle with that. Um, So yeah, I'd say most likely like a three. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's not surprising. That's not surprising. And here's why, where people get the reparenting and like the self-soothing and that kind of stuff wrong is that they're doing it from a mental place. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So think back even to like, when you think of like your self not being chosen or feeling chosen by the kids in school, how old do you feel? What what age comes to mind? Yeah, I feel around like five or six. Okay. So pretty young. That's really young, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very emotionally vulnerable at that age, because at that point, you've given your power to everybody else outside of you, because that's the only thing you know how to do, right? So if you can imagine your five or six-year-old self and either some adult, whether it's your parent or a teacher or some other adult, like came in and was like, it's okay, it's okay, you know, you got this, like kind of just talking, like kind of like a pep talk, Mm -hmm. I think your five-year-old self would have responded. I would have been a lot happier and I would have been like, okay, yeah, I'll get through this day. Are you yeah. sure about that? Have you met a five-year-old recently? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Well, my niece is, my youngest niece is about eight. So I can remember when she was five years old. It's not too long ago. And I'm pretty sure she would have looked at me like, huh? <laughs> mm. What I think, and this is my opinion, but I, I do think it's generally true. 
I think what she would have needed if she felt like that when she, you know, when she was five years old, what she would need is a big hug. Right. Yeah. I can what see she that. would have needed is space to feel sad. Yeah. What she would have needed is that it's okay to feel that way and that, yeah, like not feeling chosen by the other kids, that mm-hmm. does hurt. Mm-hmm. And that is a crappy feeling. I might have said crappy to a five-year-old, but like, you get what I mean. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, being, I wasn't, I don't remember it too much as a kid, but yeah, I don't think I really was able to feel sad. I was just kind of, I was a little bit traumatized, I would say, and I don't really remember it. I just, it was a new country. Like the teacher spoke a foreign language. I really didn't even know. I remember had to write a note of how to get to the washroom. I didn't know how to ask how to go to the washroom in French. And um so yeah, it was a pretty traumatic experience for me and I don't remember it too well, but yeah. And that did kind of go up until I was like most likely 11 years old. Um, I kind of felt like that. Yeah. So that's a long time. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. And you were probably just wandering the school halls or the halls of your home, just like wanting someone to help you feel safe insecure and and that word that came up is chosen you know but really it's the safe safety and security does that feel true yes yeah that would make sense i never felt like i belonged i guess mm-hmm. so fast forward to dating and dating this new guy that you're what's the word cautiously optimistic or excited about or <laughs> um, whatever that's exciting right it's exciting. Yes. And, yes. And here's the thing, like a lot of times when we're in this situation, we don't want to feel the anxiety or the nerves around when they're going to text, when's our next date going to be, is this going to go anywhere? And so we numb out. Mm-hmm. But when you numb out, you don't just get to pick and choose what emotions you numb out. It's one or it's all of them or none of them. It truly is an all or none thing. Right. And so you want to feel excited. You want to feel like that nervous anticipation because if you didn't feel like that, A, you could be numbing out or B, you just might not be that interested in the person. And then it's like, why are we even wasting our time here? Right. Right. So it's a good thing to feel feelings. So we're not trying to get all the feelings to go away. What we're trying to do is to stop you from going down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So based on what we've talked about, based on what you know, based on what we've coached on in the incubator, based on what you've listened to on the podcast and what we've talked about today I guess mm-hmm. already. What are some new tools that you can think of? And I can help you with this, but what are some tools that you can think of that will help you with the uh, negative storytelling? Um, the negative storytelling form as a little girl. So yeah, obviously you've worked on kind of journaling and kind of reparenting that little girl to feel that she is safe, that she is does belong, that she, you know, she is loved, um, you know, that it is okay also to be sad or to be angry because, yeah, I have suppressed or a lot of my negative emotions and not being able to feel sad or angry most of my life up until now. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I think it's being able to more easily express those feelings of happiness as well as the feelings of sadness. Um, Okay. But what I'm talking about is let's say it's 10 o'clock at night. You're trying to go to bed. You haven't heard from this guy yet. And like, you can hardly sleep because you're really anxious. And like, you want to keep checking your phone to see if he's texted back. 
Yeah, what that's what I do. <laughs> so what I have been doing is maybe, but yeah, I would basically, I try to just like block it out of my mind. And uh, sometimes I just like delete messages and like get away from my phone. But um, maybe a more soulful, soul searching would be more like meditation during that time or something like that or prayer or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I think those are, are good. I also think that I want to come back to this idea of feeling chosen, mm-hmm. right? When you're chosen, who has the power? They do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And how does it feel to give your power away? Um, not that great. Yeah. I can't think of a situation where it feels great. Well, actually, I can think of some situations. Mostly like if it's a trusted situation and you're like going into surgery or you have some other health thing and like, just make me whole or healed or whatever. Okay, fine. I can imagine how that can feel really nice to let someone just take care of you that you trust. But in general, it does not feel good to give your power away, right? Right. So there's two things to do. Mm-hmm. One is when you're doing the inner child work, whether it's in the form of meditation, prayer, uh, visualization, journaling is to keep this theme of feeling chosen. You know, your inner little girl just needed to feel chosen when she was little. Mm -hmm. She didn't get the love and attention that she wanted from mom and dad. She got love and attention, not necessarily what she wanted. She didn't feel cool or popular, however you want to phrase it, in school, not making her, so presumably not making her feel chosen. So how can your reparenting reflect that? And not in a way of like, you're chosen. I choose you. Because again, that A, it feels a little corny. Right. And B, that's healing here. You know, I'm pointing to my head for everyone listening. <laughs> that's doing, you, and you can't heal emotional wounds from your head. Right. Has to meet with emotion. So, right. yeah, I, I think, yeah, we were trying to practice feeling the emotion. So, by verbally expressing it is one way. Is that on the right track? <laughs> Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of your inner child work can really reflect around just connecting with that inner little girl and letting her feel however she feels. So she feels alone. She feels not chosen. She doesn't feel good enough. And just validating that. So saying that, yes, you do feel alone. Yes, you do feel sad or. Yeah. And you don't even have to use words. If you think that you're going to get more into your head by using words, then don't even use words. Okay. And you can just feel into your little girl, bring her into your mind's eye, feel into however she's feeling. You're going to feel that somewhere in your body, especially if you're currently triggered about this person not texting you back. And you might feel in your chest, you might feel in your throat, might feel in your head, might feel in your stomach, might feel in your womb space, somewhere else. And wherever you feel it, just bring your attention to it, not trying to make it go away or make it less or whatever, but you just breathe into it. And so that feeling that you're feeling is like, the metaphor for the inner child. And then like that breath, that healing breath is like the metaphor to you reparenting her. Now, if there's something that comes up organically that you want to tell her, then go for it. But you certainly don't have to force it. And, and, you know, because I know you, I know that you're more likely to get into your head, which by the way, you're not the only one. Most of my clients are like that. And I'm sure a lot of listeners can probably relate to that as well, but don't even use words. Mm-hmm. it's going to get into your head don't even go there so just kind of feel the pain or the heartache or the anxiety in my body and try and breathe through that and if I feel 
the need to say something and then I say something, but I guess it's just more so acknowledging how I feel in that moment. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's this idea that healing is applying love to the place that hurts. So like, imagine that you fall and skin your knee. You're going to wash it. You're going to apply some Neosporin. You're going to put a bandage on it. Like that's love, right? You're taking care of it and it's eventually going to get better. And so emotional wounding is no different. It's just applying love. So you can't apply processes. You can't apply beliefs. You can't apply any of those things to the place that hurts because that's not really healing. You have to apply love and love doesn't need words. Interesting. Yeah, I never really... uh thought of it that way (laughs) but yeah I guess yeah just um feeling love and that's basically through the breath kind of acknowledging it and feeling through those moments exactly exactly and here's the other piece of it that we haven't gotten to yet so by waiting to feel chosen by someone else a we already talked about how it's giving your power away so by doing this work around the theme of choosing yourself that helps you to feel more your own power. And also remembering that dating is very much a two-way street. Right. He may have the power to choose you whether as to whether or not he's interested in the long-term or a serious relationship with him. And you also have that power. Mm -hmm. It's not just him. You know, this is not the bachelor. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I always have to throw in a bachelor joke here. But you also get to choose. And I don't necessarily think this is something that's going on with you specifically. We can dig into it a little bit more, but sometimes with clients, they're so obsessed around whether or not the person likes them. It's like, well, how do you feel about him? And they're like, well, I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's fine to like not know. It's totally fine. I mean, that's normal in the early stages of dating, but you know, your thoughts can also go there and not just put so much obsession on whether or not he chooses you. And you can also how do I feel about him? Do I, right. do I choose him? And it doesn't mean choosing him forever. I mean, unless you make that commitment together, but it's like choosing him in the sense of, do I want to choose to see him today, tomorrow, like the next week or, or whatever. So what comes up for you when I say that? About choosing uh, him. Yeah, I think I have been like practicing that with him. And uh, I think because we do live about an hour and a half, we don't see each other, you know, every day. I think it is definitely more of a choice every time we do see each other and it is more two-way street because we have to kind of find a middle place where we're going to meet and things like that. So I think it is definitely more two-way. I think it's easier for me that way that he lives a little bit further away so that I don't see him like as frequently and that I can kind of get sucked into the world that I just want to see him and, and uh, not consider how I feel. And because I have that little bit more space, I can also see how I feel. Um, I think that's helpful. Mm -hmm. So in those moments, again, like 10 o'clock at night, when you're trying to go to bed and you're like, why isn't he texting me back? In those moments, do you forget or do you remember that you also have the power to choose? In those moments up until now? Yeah. Typically I would forget. Yeah. So it's those moments where I want you to bring in this remembering that you also have the power to choose because that's part of anxiety. There's a few things to anxiety, but but part of it is giving your power away. Mm -hmm. And so it's not surprising that you're forgetting in those moments that you also have the power to choose. So in the last thing we're talking about, you have to heal emotion with emotion. 
right? This is more of a belief, right? And a reframe. So in this kind of situation, I do think affirmations or mantras or reframing the thoughts can be super helpful. Okay. But, you know, it's just, it's like apples and apples and oranges and oranges or whatever, right? So for something like this, I think it could be really helpful to remind yourself, even if it's just like putting your hand over your heart and just saying like, I also have the power to choose. And right now I choose to continue dating him. You can acknowledge that it's a little stressful that you haven't heard from him, but you can just own that you want to see him again and you hope to get a text back from him and that, you know, whatever you're choosing in that moment is totally fine. And it may not be that you have absolute control over what you're choosing is going to happen because ultimately you don't, because he also has a choice that he gets to make as well. Right. Um, but at least, you know, you know, I always say in relationships, you're hundred percent responsible for your 50%. Right. And so I think, when you think about choosing the other person, it's kind of the same way. You get to 100% choose for your 50%. And so when we forget that, then it's like, oh, you get to choose like 25% <laughs> or like 20% or whatever. And when we just begin to take up that space that we deserve, then of course, there's still going to be uncertainty. Of course, there's still going to be unknown, right? Mm-hmm. And there's that other 50% that you don't get to be in charge of. Right. However, at least you've taken up every inch of the power that you deserve to have in the relationship. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I like that analogy. Yeah. Okay. How are you feeling now? Good. Yeah, I feel like I have to do some more uh, homework and uh, I have to start practicing loving my feelings and loving my pain and um, loving on your pain. You don't have to love the pain, but loving <laughs> on your pain. <laughs> loving on my pain. And then, um, yeah, more so empowering that I have I also have a choice in it and it's not just one-sided. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important to remember especially just I think living in the more toxic masculinity world that we live in even when we're not dating men who are toxic, which isn't something this guy is at all. I still find that the invisible scripts of like men and women having certain roles especially early on in a relationship are just so embedded and strong that it's really disempowering. So we have to remind ourselves that it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't. And you can still have the romance and the passion and like, you know, all that kind of good stuff that we all want, but you can also do that keeping your power. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes. Okay. Does this feel complete or any other loops that we haven't closed? No. Yeah. I think you kind of nailed it when you said like, how do you feel at 10 o'clock at night when you haven't received a text back? I think that's, yeah, usually when I would get most angry. Can you tell I've been there before? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, it's usually at night, like during the day I can stay busy and you know, but yeah, if I hadn't heard from him for a while or I messaged him and I was like, why hasn't he messaged me back? And um, just kind of breathing through that, being patient and acknowledging my power. Yeah. 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 And also I just want to just say this for you, but also for everyone listening, it's also okay to be like, Hey, I haven't heard from you. I was just going to make sure you wanted to, you got my question about, you know, hanging out next week or, or whatever it is. Like you're also allowed to do that. And if that's too much for him, then, you know, that's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. All right, my dear, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I so appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. I talk a lot about doing the deep work on this podcast. And if you're like many women, you might be wondering, what is the deep work? I've been to therapy, so how is that different? And most important, you might be wondering, all right, Veronica, how do I do it and how will it change my life? 
If that's you, I've got great news. I've created a brand new, totally free workshop called Attract Your Soulmate Without Losing Your Soul. In this on-demand workshop, you'll learn why most women do all the right things, read books, listen to the podcast, even go to talk therapy, but nothing changes in their love life. I'll also walk you through my deep work, deep love framework, so you know exactly what you can do to start attracting better fitting and healthier relationships. And you'll learn how to overcome the number one obstacle to your love life transforming. Whether you have no idea why you attract who you attract, or you know your patterns, but you can't seem to shift them, you'll go from feeling stuck to knowing exactly what you need to do to move forward. Again, this workshop is totally free and you can watch it right now. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash soulmate to sign up. Thank you so much, Miriam, for coming onto the show. As always, I so appreciate your courage and your vulnerability. So I can so hardcore relate to this episode and to Miriam's question. I can remember, you know, myself being up at 10 o'clock at night, wanting to go to sleep and yet not hearing from the guy and turning my phone on airplane mode. So I wouldn't be tempted, but then I couldn't resist that for like 20 minutes then turning it off airplane mode to see if I got a text coming. Like, oh my gosh, I know that feeling that she's describing and it really is the worst. At the same time, it's really great and it's really exciting to actually be excited about someone because if you're not excited about the person, then it's like, what the hell are you doing dating the person anyways? And why are we having the conversation, right? So the goal is to not feel that nervous anticipation that I like to call it. Because if you don't feel like that, then the question might really be, why are you still dating the person? Are you actually really interested? So feeling excited or feeling like that little bit of nervousness might feel a little bit like anxiousness, like that is totally fine and normal. And if you try to numb that out or distract yourself from it, then you're going to have a hard time connecting with the person anyways, because you can't just numb out the feelings you don't want to feel. You either numb out all of them or none of them, as I shared with Miriam. So what I really wanted to get Miriam to see is that yes, feeling some of the uncomfortable feelings is completely normal. And also to understand when is it not being normal? When is it actually a core wound that's showing up that you want to heal and address through inner child work? And while there's no black and white answer to this, I would say in general, if you can relate to the whole idea of like your emotion du jour is based on whether or not the other person texted you or if you have plans in the future. If you feel, yes, frustrated or upset or anxious about that, again, that's normal. But if it seems to just be taking over your emotions, it seems to be taking over your day, you have a hard time concentrating at work or doing the other things that you need to do in your life that's going to be a sign that hmm, there's probably some inner child stuff going on and you're going to want to tap into that. You know, our wounds are going to show up wherever we feel vulnerable, wherever we don't feel 100% safe and secure. And there's not a thing that you can do in especially the early stages of dating to make yourself feel that 100% security. Because like I was telling Miriam, you only have 100% control over your 50%, right? The other person gets to decide if they want to see you too, if they want to continue dating you. And that's really, really, really scary. It's very vulnerable. And we're putting ourselves in a position where we could could be rejected potentially. And so all of your stuff is going to come up. And so that's why dating is such a beautiful catalyst for doing some of this inner work. 
So beyond distinguishing between what is normal emotion to feel and what is actually core wounds that are coming up, it's also really, really important that you don't give your power away. And Miriam and I talked about this for quite a while because I think that this is a completely normal thing that we do in the age of our patriarchy. And yeah, again, women have come a really long way in terms of women's rights and advancement in society. However, I think the patriarchy still runs very, very rampant, especially in dating. And you do not have to give your power away way to be palatable, to be feminine, to be desirable. And in fact, I think the kind of person that you probably want to end up with will appreciate a woman who does not give her power away because to a lot of men, if you're dating men, that is, that's super sexy. That's super attractive. So please, please don't forget that you also have a choice in this process. Now, do you get to choose everything? No, you don't have 100% control. And that is just the way it is in dating and love, especially at the very beginning of a relationship. But you do get to choose your 50%. And I can't tell you how often I've heard from women who really, really want the person to text them back or really want that second date or really want to know how the other person feels or really want to know if the other person sees a long-term potential. And yet they haven't even taken a second to even consider, how do you feel? Do you choose this person? Do you actually want to see this person? Do you want to see this person again because you think it's going to make you feel better or because you think it's making you think that you're getting closer to a relationship or it's because you actually want to continue getting to know this person and there's something you know, in that connection or in that person that, you know, has you attracted to that person. So I think you really have to be really honest with yourself. Because I think sometimes when it comes to dating, we're not honest with ourselves. And then we end up giving our power away. And when you give your power away, it never, ever, ever feels good. It's just a really, really crappy feeling in relationships and also in many, many parts of life. So please remember to not give your power away. And remember that you also have a choice in this process. And it's absolutely a two way street. And the final thing that I just want to say, and I didn't tell this to Miriam on our call, so hopefully she's listening and can jot this down as well. But I think something that's really helpful is to remind yourself that you're exactly where you meant to be. You are taking 50% of the power back, but there's still that 50% that the other person gets to hold as well. And so with that, you are giving up control. And for my control freaks and those of us who like to control all the things, we just can't do that in love and we have to give that up. And so I think having some sort of spiritual practice of like believing and really either praying or mantras or whatever um, that allow you to get to a place where you really not only believe, but feel that you're exactly where you meant to be. I think that really, really helps because again, you have to give up some sort of control. And when you can just trust, either trust yourself or universe, God, the process, whatever it is, I think can really, really help. So one thing that I often like to say to myself is either I'm exactly where I'm meant to be, or I often will say, what is for me cannot pass me. Meaning like if I'm meant to be with this person, then it's not going to pass me one way or another, it's going to come landing back in my lap. And I also use this mantra in my business when it comes to clients or when we were house shopping or when we were trying to make a baby, all of these things, you know, if something is for me, it cannot pass me. And I truly, truly believe that. And I think that has been really, really liberating in my life because it's helped me to discern what I can control and what I can't control. And the things that I can't control, I feel so much safer releasing those things, knowing that if something is for me, it will not pass me. 
So I hope you enjoy this episode. And again, I will be taking clients again soon, coming back from maternity leave in early 2021. So if you're interested in hopping on the phone with me to see if working together next year is the right fit for you, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to sign up for an introductory coaching call with me. And remember, the introductory coaching call has no obligation. It's really just an opportunity for us to get to know each other to see if working together is the next right step. Please do remember that coaching with me is definitely an investment of time and money. I really want you to make sure that you get everything that you want out of the program. So you really have to be in a space where you're really ready to commit to yourself because it's a lot of work and it's always good work and it's work that I believe is in your highest good, but it's not just something where you show up to the calls and I sprinkle magic fairy dust on you and then voila, your patterns are changed. If I could do that, then I totally would. But unfortunately, I don't know of any such magic fairy dust. So it really is, again, a two-way street, a 50-50 relationship and the way that I work with my clients. So if that feels good for you, feels exciting and you're ready to roll up your sleeves, then I would love to connect. Again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash coach. All right, my dear, I will connect with you next week. Until then. What if I told you I could tell you exactly why you were still single? What if you knew exactly why you were still single? It's not magic. It's not astrology. And I'm not a psychic. You can figure that out for yourself now. And it's all about understanding how your core wounds from childhood create your fears and limiting beliefs about yourself as an adult. In my new course, Crappy to Happy, in two weeks, I'll walk you through the exact process I take my clients through to discover their love blocks and clear them so you too can find real love without having to spend years in therapy. I've worked with hundreds of women to change their love life, and whether it's getting out of a toxic relationship, dating again after years of not, or meeting that special someone, I'd love to help you too. To learn more about my self-study e-course, Crappy to Happy, and register, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash courses. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me in a future episode. And don't forget to rate and review the Love Life Connection. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for a brand new episode. And until then, sending you so much love. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.